Welcome to Peppershock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now, here's your host, Gray Allen. Welcome, welcome to the Marketing Expedition podcast and webinar series. Uh, today, I am with Dan Harrington from NLP Secure and... Max Giving. All right. So first of all, give us a little history about who you are and where NLP came from, and then get into Max Giving a little bit, just so we have uh, an idea of who Dan Harrington is. Sure. Well... You know, uh, NLP Secure has been in business over 18 years. We're an electronic payments company that serves businesses and uh, primarily gets our business uh, through referrals from banks, software companies, and industry partners. So people that are solving business problems, and we are moving the money associated with solving those problems. I didn't realize it was two. Th so you you started. A little before I did. So NLP Secure has been around for 18 years? Yep. And, and actually, I, I was not one of the founders. Okay. I inherited it from okay. a couple of gentlemen that uh -huh. uh, started before me. And uh, they decided that they needed a younger guy, a more techie guy, somebody with, you know, fresh new ideas. Okay. They, they were in the business of call centers and a lot of outbound calls and not a lot of relationship. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't something I was comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So revamped the company and uh, started over with referrals mm -hmm. and referrals you know uh, starting off a relationship mm -hmm. where trust and relationship mm -hmm. are already alive and well you know is a big uh, you know big part of having a, a long-term healthy relationship with your clients uh, it's tough to trust somebody with any sort of problem much less your money right. and, and especially and in your industry right I mean some people have kind of made a bad rap for your industry but now you have kind of stepped in stepped out of that bad era that has happened, right? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting that when you're in the business of helping people with money, whether you're in banking or mortgages or investments, uh, insurance, mm -hmm. you know, there's pretty substantial government oversight, right. uh, which sometimes raises costs and helps businesses uh, away from helping the clients and more into a whole ton of red tape and paperwork. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the freedom in our industry to be self-accountable. We're accountable to industry titans like Visa, MasterCard, American mm -hmm. Express, Discover. Uh, we work with uh, you know the largest banks and they regulate us, they check up on us, they make sure we're doing our job, but sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes people take the opportunity to do what's not right mm -hmm and to you know maybe use technology to not serve their clients mm -hmm. rather than use technology to help people you know do better business or make business more efficient and speaking of helping people max giving has become an enormous thing now what's going on with max giving well max giving for me is uh you know our gift to the community mm -hmm. it's our ability to show our hearts and where we're at um, every fundraising event that happens, whether it's an auction or a golf scramble, mm -hmm. or when people are coming together to help each other, it's, you know, moving the money is just one aspect mm -hmm. of the, the event. Doing the work ahead of the time, uh, selling tickets, registration, tables, sponsorships, mm -hmm. you know, we're starting to run a real business, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, items, bidders, donors, tax receipts, there's a lot of detail that goes into running a successful event. The thing about fundraising is if you're having fun, you shouldn't feel that business. It should just be transparent to the patrons, the donors, 
uh, the sponsors, the people that are making the event happen uh, by their presence, we want to make that as healthy and functional and feel good as possible. And uh, you know, thankfully, uh, we get to use our electronic payments expertise as well as our heart for our community to help enable other businesses, banks, credit unions, software companies reach out and and show their hearts as well. So we're we're in a huge uh, privileged position to uh, be a bit of a pioneer, but also you know to find that community in other other technology companies that help us do what we do. Okay, and let's talk about your team that helps support NLP Secure and Max Giving. And, and tell me about your hiring practices and the things that you look for when you want to hire the right people. Tell me about who you have working for you. Well, we have a couple dozen of uh, really great people. Um, it's interesting that we don't typically put out a lot of job ads. You know, the, the things that uh, you might typically see out looking for people. Uh, life has a way of introducing us to great people that are drawn to us. And I think uh, that deliberate, uh, you know, culture creation isn't, it's deliberate, it's not accidental. And, and we're trying to be better every day and we learn lessons every day for how to solve bigger problems, how to, you know, help the community more. When we bring people in the door, one of my biggest, um, I guess, tests is, you know, are you charitable? Are you active in your community? Do you uh, you know, look for opportunity to help others because that spills over into into customer service, into right. your mindset of whether you're in sales, customer service, mm -hmm. technology, do you have an attitude of helping? And if you don't, um, you know, you wouldn't last very long in our company. Mm -hmm. We we take on the problems of our clients and sometimes it's pretty challenging. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have that attitude of service, uh, the attitude of team, the attitude of, I hope, everybody involved is better off because of our presence um, you know that's what, what are we in what are we in business for tell me about some of the things that you do with your team that uh, maybe stand out in, in your mind that um, help build your culture that have made you know over the years that you've been doing what you're doing what are some things that you do with your team that kind of helps bring them together the teamwork all of the things that encompass what your culture is well, you know, first Friday, uh, once a month, we, we have uh, lunch at our office. We invite usually about 100, 150 people, uh, as many, you know, show up. Mm -hmm. It's uh, business people, people, students, people learning. Uh, you know, it's anybody who wants to, to know about us, uh, our, our current mm -hmm. customers. And uh, we just sit down and have, have lunch, network, build business. And we also spend a few minutes uh, learning about a nonprofit. We feature, we invite a nonprofit into our office, into our first Friday, as a way of helping them, uh, you know, not only have some exposure in, in the market, but also new opportunities for our people to connect. You know, guests of ours at First Friday get to connect with that nonprofit. Um, there's four ways to give, time, treasure, talent, and influence. And, you know, some people, you know, they're busy, they're short on money, but everybody can give something. Right. So I like to encourage 100% participation. Um, and First Friday is, is a big kind of a monthly reset button for our culture of our company to remind us, you know, why we're all there. Because yeah. every day, you know, it gets busy. And sometimes it's easy to forget why we're here. Mm -hmm. And that First Friday is, is another way of, of helping uh, to do that. I'm, I'm always surprised at how our team uh, reaches down, digs deep, and helps one of us. You know, somebody has 
some challenge. Um, you know, they, they don't gossip about it, they just go mm -hmm. fix it. Mm -hmm. Somebody has a broken car, somebody, somebody's water heater needs replacing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I, I'm always uh, surprised at the cool things that our team members do for each other. And I think um, those problems as we serve other people, our own problems, you know, really shrink. Right. And, and the frustrations go down and we have, you know, a more rewarding lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Introducing our team into nonprofit event fundraising has been uh, therapeutic, it's been healing. Uh, people go through tough times. Everybody goes through seasons of their life and when they can see that others are less fortunate, other people um, you know, maybe are having health challenges or housing problems right. or it's just a great way of getting life into perspective. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, your own troubles seem to kind of drift away a little bit, uh, e even for an evening or, or a few minutes together building, you know, there's, you know, there's people around me that can help me solve my problems. I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that aspect of our culture. I love that aspect of our people where, you know, it's infectious. Mm -hmm. it, and um, people are either pulled into it, they're either magnetized by it and drawn closer to our company, or it's not for them right now. And that's okay. Right. Just not in our company. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we were talking about how culture enhances your brand and vice versa. Your brand is your culture. Mm -hmm. And by being involved in nonprofits, it helps build your company culture and it shows the community that you are involved in your community and you want to stand out and, and help them. What are, some, what are some examples of how companies can help build their brand when they get involved in nonprofits? You know, I think it's great when when a business can talk about uh, being charitable without feeling like they're somehow bragging about it. And I think mm -hmm. the leadership of business owners, how they spend their time, uh, maybe they don't have a lot of money to donate, but they have enough money to sponsor a table at a fundraiser. It's it's a you know, if you're going to take your employees out to dinner, how about take them out to dinner at a fundraiser? Um, spending their time, you know, how do people spend their free time? As, as owners, as business leaders and managers, um, people have a way of, of knowing that and, and you know, social media kind of mm -hmm. brings it out to light. There's nothing wrong with encouragement. I call it a, uh, an influence donation. If somebody makes an influence donation, they're encouraging other people to do better, to be more. And uh, that is you know, it's, yeah, let's face it, it's, it's maybe a bit of branding. It's a little bit of seasoning in their company brand. Um, but how they spend their time and their money and how they encourage other people can spill right over into what people perceive them to be. Are they customer service oriented? Do they care about people? Are they problem solvers? If they're solving the community's problems, mm -hmm. chances are they're gonna care about problems in, in their company or problems with their customers, you know, and take ownership. Everybody has challenges as a business in growth, uh, in changes, but when people understand that, you know, you have a spirit of giving and caring, uh, they're more likely to, to bear with you while you're working those problems out. So we talked about your team, we talked about uh, where NLP kind of came from, but where did Dan Harrington come from? I recently got to hear your story and I just, uh, you don't have to talk a lot about it, but I just want to know a little bit and share with our audience, who is Dan Harrington? Well, um, you know, I grew up on a farm. Uh, I'm number seven out of 12 kids. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my parents met at Boston, uh, Harvard Radcliffe. My mom's from Cody, Wyoming. My dad's from Brooklyn, New York. and. Uh, came to, to Boise and very deliberately raised kids. We were 
to my best knowledge, the first family in the state of Idaho to be homeschooled. Now, why did they come to Boise? Um, well, you know, they, they thought their life uh, of academia was for them. You know, Harvard Radcliffe, my mom was very scholastically minded. And, you know, uh, due to uh, some, you know, really realizing that family meant more than career to them, uh, building a strong family was, was really uh, everything in our lives. And uh, we had a family business. We all worked at home. Uh, we on learned farm, right? on the farm. We had. Uh, you know, almost acres of greenhouses where we were able to grow sprouts, we made tofu, we made soy milk, we had greenhouse produce and produce in the field as well. It really taught me um, hard work, maybe a little bit too too effectively. <laughs> um, but, I, but I do enjoy work, you know, I, I enjoy, enjoy making a difference. Um, and uh, then, you know, found my way to uh, go to school at U of I. At, at one point, I think there were maybe almost seven of us including mom and dad, enrolled wow. uh, at U of I simultaneously. Wow. Um, you pretty much funded U of I at that point, right? Well, <laughs> you know, we did our part. Uh, mom and dad actually went to law school after having their 12 kids. Oh, wow. um, and, you know, being small business owners, they learned, uh, you know, a few school of hard knocks. Mm -hmm. But seeing them as, as business owners really set the tone for uh, my entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I worked... Uh, in the farm, uh, in the family since a very young age, you know, I, I remember age six and seven, you know, I had a job to do. It was, it was making a difference in the family, in our future, and it was uh, something to be proud of. Yeah. And that's something I always, you know, I always treasure um, those times with, with growing up. That really has, you know, colored um, my existence going to school at U of I and uh, finding um, my way back to Boise. Uh, building a business here, building it with family, um, and my little brother, you know, working our business, and uh, it's just a privilege to be able to work with family. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people get to, and uh, when family gets to build business together, it's just, uh, it's really special. Yeah, it does. It, I, I can attest to that. My, my husband and I have been in business now for almost 15 years, so <laughs> people ask me, how do you do it? Well, <laughs> there's a secret. Shh, don't tell anyone how yep. you can work with family, right? Same, same here. <laughs> we just do. We just do. You're used to it, and we know, and we make it happen. So tell me about Max Giving Headquarters and the venue and the things that you're doing there. What's going on there? So Max Giving uh, builds community through event uh, fundraising technology. Our event center is all about inviting the community to come in and have business networking, uh, First Friday, BNI groups, uh, Treasure Valley Givers, Women Ignite. We love having people come in and help us build good community uh, through building relationships. You know, it's a face-to-face -face place. It's a, it's a humble event center. We don't have uh, all sorts of bells and whistles, but it does a job, especially for people that have budgets that maybe not uh, fit other event centers. We, we really look, uh, you know, to get people involved in the community, and our First Friday events are a great way, uh, our lunch and learns as well for nonprofits. Mm -hmm. You know, get them uh, thinking outside of themselves, get them more involved. Um, it's about giving. You know, if we can give our event center to the community, and have people run better events, have people uh, learn about you know building better business. Mm -hmm. That's what our event center is all about. Excellent. And you said that um, so every first Friday, how do how do people get to come to that event? Well, they RSVP to our first Friday, and currently there's no charge. Okay. And uh, you know uh, maybe taking some donations, but our, our first Friday is uh, you know about 
business networking, community, relationships, good food, and, and also listening for a few minutes to a nonprofit organization mm -hmm. tell uh, you know about how to engage. Mm -hmm. uh, there's four ways to give, time, treasure, talent, and influence. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know really everybody can have 100% participation using one of those four ways. And so First Friday is about connecting people with maybe new ways of community involvement as well as learn about, you know, maybe there's other people having bigger problems than they do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I find hearing about nonprofits um, at First Friday very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. um, it, it helps me step out of my own life for a few minutes and uh, that's why we have First Friday. Okay, I'm gonna throw one more last question at you. What's the best piece of advice anyone has ever given you in business and why? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you come up with anything? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Hit me. What is it? Best piece of advice I ever received was from a gentleman named Wiley Griffith. He said, he said uh, don't say whoa in a mud hole. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Sometimes, you know, you get stuck. Sometimes you feel like, how's this ever going to, you know, get out of this situation? And, uh, you know, don't say whoa. Just keep on going. Keep going. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's, Helped me through a lot of tough times. Uh, Wiley's a good friend and a mentor, and is probably uh, one of my favorite. Yeah, I like it. Don't say whoa in a mud hole. All right. Well, thanks so much, Dan Harrington from NLP Secure and Max Giving for joining us, and thank You're you right. for listening and watching our Marketing Expedition podcast and webinar series. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition podcast. Find more online at peppershock.com.